Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the Janae Franco Show. I am really excited to be back with y'all today. I hope you have had a great week and are having a great Easter season. I am going to talk today a little bit about perseverance and what that has looked like in my own life. And as I've watched, even watched friends and family as well, really persevere even when times are just really difficult. Um, as you guys know, I'm here to talk about perfectionism and all the different facets of it. And I think that perfectionism can really get in the way when it comes to our desire to control things. Um, and it can really lead us to fight with reality sometimes. And perseverance is not so much ignoring the reality that are difficulties in front of us, but to really embrace that virtue, to pray for that virtue, to be able to do the hard things, even when we are struggling. So I've been thinking a lot about just all the ways that um, some of it has been dwelling, if I'm being completely honest, of just all the ways that it has been really difficult for me mentally for the last few months. I've talked about before, probably ad nauseum, that I've been coming off of tapering slowly off of my anti-anxiety medication that I've been on for about eight years. And it has really been a very new experience to be able to experience just the world a little bit differently. Um, I went really slowly. So thankfully the symptoms were not nearly as bad this time, but it has definitely caused a lot of unwanted feelings and emotions and honestly difficulties. They, it just feels really tough. It feels, um, yeah, just difficult to get through each day. And it's taken a lot of self-awareness, self-compassion, a lot of clinging to the Lord, especially in those really dark moments when I don't see a way out. And a lot of prayer and sacraments, honestly, getting myself to mass more frequently, to confession much more frequently. Um, and just knowing that even if I don't feel the grace of those sacraments, that the reality is there. The It's like my kids when they, uh, you know, one of them asked me recently, they're like, well, how come it's Jesus, but it's, it tastes like bread? It's like, well, that's the mystery. So we can maybe not feel or taste or see all the things that are happening in our lives, but God is at work. And one of the scriptures that's really made me kind of dig deep is the Sunday gospel from a few weeks ago. And that was John 20. I didn't, I don't know if I wrote it down on here. It just came to mind as I was talking, but it was, it's doubting Thomas. It's when he puts restrictions on the Lord, he is saying, okay, well, I will only believe if, and how often I have been guilty of putting restrictions, putting, you know, it's restrictions is not the word that I'm looking for, but it's like, Oh, it's on the tip of my tongue. Putting conditions. That's what it is. Putting conditions on my willingness to serve, whether that is in business, whether that is in my family. It's like I need to feel it. And one of the things when I was thinking about trials the other day, one of the other scriptures that God really brought to mind as I was praying about this was from James 1, verses 2 through 4. Count it all joy, my brethren, when you meet various trials, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness and let steadfastness have its full effect that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. 
And I was really, I had been journaling about a particular thought that I was having about how I was struggling and I didn't really feel like showing up and I didn't really want to do the thing. And it was kind of, it felt like a little bit of a, a gentle calling out from the Lord. Like, this is actually it. Are you praying? Do you really want to be more persevering? Do you really want to have the virtue of fortitude or magnanimity or all of those different things that fall under that category of uh, of fortitude? I mean, magnificence, patience, perseverance, longanimity, magnification, you know, mortification, all of those things are really important in the spiritual life. But if you want to get those things, it's like when people say, don't pray for patience because then you'll have opportunities to build your patience. And it's similar to that. But I don't also want to have a negative view of that necessarily because it helps to, it helps to feel our feelings about those difficult things that are happening in our lives. But it's also really helpful to have, to remind ourselves that the Lord did not abandon us in this. He suffered just like we suffered, you know, his disciples suffered, but he redeemed suffering through his death and his resurrection. And so he is not a God. I don't know where this is in scripture, but he says he's not a God that does not understand our sufferings. He does. He understands them and he wants to be with us in them. And he wants us to be closer to him and to grow in virtue. And the only way that we can grow in virtue is to practice those things. So it's interesting because I was thinking, well, of course I know this, but it felt good to just be reminded. And at the same time, like, okay, that makes sense. It makes sense that I want to run from the suffering. It makes sense that I want to run from the trials. But the reality is that this is how our faith is tested and it produces this steadfastness, this perseverance. I think one of the scripture readings I had, it said perseverance. This one says steadfastness. So really either way, it's basically the same thing. So what if this battle, what if moving forward in our life or getting unstuck or finding the right direction um, is, is we've already decided upon these things, some of them, um, and what if the battle is actually just choosing to do those things, even when we don't feel like doing them? Um, I think it's really interesting. My, my, one of my coaches, Erin Ingold, and she's one of the ones that trained us in the purgative way, Metanoia Catholic, uh, one of the founders. And she, I've watched her coach uh, myself and others on this before. Most of, uh, most of y'all that are listening are probably moms. And there was somebody being coached and she was, you know, she was talking about, what she should feed her kids for lunch, maybe. And I could probably have been coached on the same thing, like feeling this stressor of like, I, I want to give them really healthy um, things. And then even healthy, there's a lot of definitions of healthy. So my definition of healthy might not be the same definition as, as you. And so she was doing a lot of coaching where she's like, okay, well, what does healthy mean? And all of this stuff. And it basically came down to like, she felt like she had to give her kids healthy food for lunches for the day. And it was kind of, she even asked her at one point, well, do you even have to give your kids food? And she's like, well, yeah, I have to give them food. And it's like, well, no, you don't. Well, I mean, what? <laughs> of course I have to. And it's like, well, no, you could argue that you'd be a terrible mom. You know, like, obviously it would be a tragedy. Like there are people that don't choose to feed their children. There are like, but we, we don't have to do that. We can choose to do that. And so it's, it was really helpful for me to understand that these things that I was struggling with, even with my own kids, like I have to pick up after them. I have to feed them dinner. I have to feed them breakfast. Like, do you see how, even the way that it sounds, it's like, I think that thought I have to feed them breakfast. And then it's like, the feeling might be just like dread or drudgery, or you're like, instead of enjoying the fact that being grateful for the fact that we have food to put on the table, being grateful for the fact that we have children, 
and calling to mind that idea that we really do have a choice. And that's the thing is even in these trials and these difficulties that we may suffer, we do have a choice. We can choose to just act horrible. We can choose to give in to our base desires, but I don't think anybody here really wants to do that. So what does it look like to be able to choose moving forward, the good actions, but then building up perseverance in the process? That might look like a lot of different ways. You could choose to be gentle to your kids, even when they're being disobedient or disrespectful. You know, talking about the, the kids example, we may feel like we don't have a choice. There's a fantastic podcast that they did at Metanoia Catholic on emotional adulting, I think is the title of it. It's a little bit earlier on. And it talks about how often we as parents hand over our emotional responsibility to our kids. Like, have you ever found yourself saying things like, you're making me mad or you're making everyone miserable? I don't know about you, but I even found myself saying that relatively recently. <coughs> Excuse me. As particularly maybe when they're crying or screaming or really disturbing all the other kids. But the reality is that is not true. They are not making anyone else feel anything. Um, I'm not sure if I've really talked about this before, but that was a huge uh, awakening for me, a huge awareness when I got to realize that the circumstance, the thing that was happening around me, the child crying or this or that, that was not what was making me feel angry. I was angry because of a thought in my brain. My feelings come from my thoughts. The circumstances above that, the circumstance happens and we have a thought about it and we have a feeling about it. A feeling comes from the thought. So I'm not feeling sad because my, my child is screaming or whatever, or angry or being disobedient. It's I'm feeling angry because I have a thought about that. And so anyway, so choosing, we, we have a choice. We have a choice to be generous or grateful um, or gentle is what I mean to our kids, even when they're being disobedient. Now there's a lot of factors at play. Um, you know, for me, as I've talked about here before, that has been one of the big things that I'm having to just get used to being humiliated in almost every single day, because yelling is just something that is happening a whole lot more than I would like to, probably because my brain is still adjusting. I honestly don't feel in control a lot of the time when it's happening. It feels very just like, uh, it feels like it just comes out of nowhere, right? But that's not necessarily true. And continuing to work through those thoughts um, and continuing to also give myself a lot of grace because you may be in a similar situation where something is happening that really is out of your control, whether that is coming off of a medication, whether that's a, a situation or a stressor in your life that's just really difficult to deal with. And maybe it's taking a lot more of your mental energy to maintain composure because you're dealing with this other thing out there, whatever that is, there needs to be a lot of grace for yourself in that. So another way that you can choose to persevere is choosing to lower the dishwasher or do the laundry or clean the floors, or tidy the counters, or whatever that looks like, even though you really don't feel like doing it. Um, and maybe that could look like teaching your kids to chip in more. Uh, but if you haven't gotten to that point yet, and you're still kind of the person doing it, you could sit there and be resentful about it, or you could choose to take action and realize that that is one of the ways that you're building up that perseverance in difficulty. And you could also take it a step further and pray for your family as you're doing it. And remember to be grateful for the house that you're in, you know, even calling to mind. Now, I'm not a big fan of positive thinking in the sense of like, don't just swap that out for something else. But if it helps you in the moment to just do the thing, then try to try to maybe think something more positive. 
Um, but if you're really still struggling with it, that is something great to take to the journal to understand why exactly you're feeling the way that you're feeling, what thought is leading to that feeling, to be able to start to diffuse that and to get to what we like to call, well, to get to a point where you can recognize what thought you can believe in the process to getting to, you know, maybe a more virtuous thought. <clears throat> Okay. Another thing is kind of related is choosing not to complain or commiserate with other people and complaining. Um, this is a big one for me. It's I, I've even noticed I've really tried to not externally complain over the last few days. I've been doing a little experiment when I want, like, say you're going to bed and you're so excited to just crawl in bed and you remember one more thing that like, okay, you don't have to do it, but if you don't, then breakfast or lunch the next morning, like, I think for me the other day, I was thinking about it. I was about to get in bed and I was really excited about it. And I remembered that I needed to set the bread machine so that we would have fresh bread in the morning to make sandwiches because I hadn't done a grocery run. And that was pretty much like the only thing left that I had to make sandwiches in the house before the grocery run. And I remember thinking I wanted to like complain about it initially, even just by myself in the kitchen. And I consciously chose, I said, no. And I like took a deep breath, took a second. And I was like, I, I, brought my children's faces to mind. And this is not me like tooting my horn because there's a hundred other times that I don't do this. There's just an example of a way that in, instead of complaining, maybe to her husband because he's around or whatever, just be like, oh, okay, that's fine. I'll do this and I will try to you know remember next time or whatever. And I'll just wait four extra minutes to get into bed because it really doesn't take long for me to set, set the bread for the next morning. Uh, or even choosing to, you know, not complain to a, a neighbor or a friend or a coworker, if that's where you're at too, is um, making that choice to, if you've already said you don't want to gossip or you don't want to, to do those things, like try to make that choice to move toward where you're not, or not even gossiping even, but just like, oh, how's life? You know, that conversation that happens with women sometimes where you're like, well, I'm busy and this and that. And then all of a sudden you're kind of like launching into all the things that are going wrong instead of you know, maybe keeping it simple. And maybe you could say one thing, but it's not just to get to the other person to be like, oh yeah, your life is really terrible. Mine's terrible too. And that commiseration that can really start to spiral down. Um, I've been totally guilty of this in my, uh, in the past, but I think that, that if that's where you're at for trying to grow virtue in not complaining, that's a great thing. Choosing to show up with a smile, even if you're not feeling it. I used to uh, kind of think of it as faking it till you're making it. But now it's kind of, uh, I think it's hard. It's a hard line to toe. But I really do think there's something to be said about choosing to smile or choosing to be gracious, even when your feelings inside don't match up. I was just talking to my daughter about this regarding forgiveness. And we were talking about, she's like, do you ever, she basically was asking me, do you ever, because we have a thing in our family. It's like, I, I'm sorry that I blank, whatever they did do you forgive me? And I have to ask for forgiveness. And then the other child that says, yes, I forgive you. And so generally it's not an issue. And she's like, do you ever just don't feel like saying that? And I'm like, uh, yeah, <laughs> like a lot of times. Uh, I don't even feel like asking for forgiveness sometimes because I'm still mad. And um, she, it's, you could just see the relief on her face. She's, she felt so much better just knowing, oh, okay. So it's normal to not feel super lovey-dovey and forgiving when you are giving someone your forgiveness. I said, no, it's an act of the will. And so I think I, th I would think even a smile when you're not feeling it, that is an act of the will to purposely put joy into the world in a small way, even if you're not feeling like it. Uh, maybe even choosing to take time to rest is a way that you can choose to persevere in your lives. Maybe taking time to rest, even though you're feeling really behind 
I don't know about you guys, but it's, it's a common little thought that I have that bugs me in the back of my mind where I feel so behind because it can be very easy to look at our super long to-do list that will never get done and feel like, well, that's all the stuff I haven't done instead of focusing on the things that I have done. And even if you wanted to, you know, if we are trying to live an intentional life where you're trying to do these things that are, that are your priority, that you, you, your husband maybe have even decided upon for your family, there's, uh, there is going to be things that are left off of that list because naturally you cannot make time for everything. And so I would love to normalize this idea because I've needed it too, of sometimes maybe the thing that you need to do to rest is to watch an episode of your favorite show or take a bubble bath and relax at the end of the day. Or maybe that's um, taking a nap if you really need a nap, like whatever that looks like. I think it can be so easy to go right back to guilt when we do anything for ourselves, especially maybe if you're balancing work and home and it can be it can be so easy to just be like, well, I don't, I have so many things to do. I can't do this. I can't like watch this show that brings me joy. I'm not a huge fan of, of binge watching or anything like that. Cause I think it can take watching TV to kind of another level. Or maybe if you have something that you really do need to be responsible for and you're choosing something like watching multiple episodes of a show, instead of taking care of the thing that, you know, you really need to do. Um, I'm not talking about that, but more about balance where it's like, Let's start a conversation where rest, where taking, excuse me, as I yawn, <laughs> about how taking a nap or watching a favorite show can actually be productive. I'm, I'm introducing this thought to my brain. It does not want to believe it right now, but I would love to see how my intensely productive self could begin to believe this thought that taking rest, taking time for yourself, taking time for something that brings you joy can actually be a productive activity. If you have thoughts on this, I would love to hear it. Feel free to message me. So, <clears throat> and one of my favorite things is, as far as producing perseverance in us, is choosing to leave the last few things on your to-do list. Like maybe you, you make a reasonable daily to-do list and you didn't quite get to all of it. And you're kind of at the end of the day trying to figure out, should you just knock those out because they're super small and easy? Or should you go ahead and spend time with your husband or your kids because they're home? And I honestly would argue that it takes a whole lot more courage and perseverance to leave those things on the to-do list that are, as long as they're not like life or death or necessary, which most likely they aren't, to enter into the present moment with our families, to really be present to them then and there so that at another time when we can figure out that time that makes sense, we can go ahead and add those things to the next day's to-do list. No big deal. Um... Yeah, I think that's just really important. I, I was listening to some coaching recently and he was like, what if, you know, you do all the dishes and then I have a thing about clearing my kitchen sink and it can be easy to pass by the sink and see a few dishes in there after I've already done that at eight o'clock or whatever and want to just, oh, I'll just do a few more things instead of going to sit down on the couch with my husband or be present to him. And I think it takes a lot more virtue to like leave the things in the sink than it is to just check that off the list and cross the box and whatever. I'm mixing up the analogies, cross it off the list or check the box. <laughs> so I just want to, I wanted to share these things because I think it's really important. We can understand that perseverance is something that we can all do and experience in our own lives, no matter what difficulties we're going through. We don't have to be experiencing major trauma or major difficulties to 
experience a little bit of what it looks like to have to persevere through maybe just not feeling it or having an off day or whatever that looks like. And I, I feel like a lot of this has really been a challenge because I feel like every day for me lately has been an off day. And it's really given me an opportunity to see how I can choose to show up despite the fact that I don't feel it and how often I have relied on that, on, on feeling it in order to actually show up or do things. And it makes me feel like I'm faking it anyway. So I want to tell you too, that choosing to do these things, choosing to chase after virtue, choosing to learn how to change the thoughts that you're having, learn how to dig in and really be able to be vulnerable with the Lord. What does that look like? This awareness is going to dig up some things and it takes courage to look at those things. You know, you might suffer. You might feel really uncomfortable feelings. You might hate it. You might even hate yourself for the way that you're acting about that. And I'm not saying you should hate yourself, but it's a thing. It's something that you can pronounce in the, in the list. Like it's a, it's something that we need to pay attention to. Um, you might do things that don't feel like you. You might really want to fight going there, being vulnerable. You might not even recognize yourself some days. Um, and you might even judge yourself too harshly. And you might worry about what other people around you are going to think, your husband, your kids, etc. But I want to tell you that you are going to be okay. You're going to be okay, especially if you can put Christ at the center of this entire process. Because he is not going to bring it up if he is not going to give you the grace to process it, to go through with it. You know, bring it to him, cling to him, cry to him, beat on his chest, <laughs> you know, get angry about it. I don't know. Tell him how you really feel. He can take it. That is what he is there for. He is there for us. There is a beautiful song uh, I really, really love. It was very special to me last summer. It's called Runaway. I'll put the link in the show notes. And I'm trying to remember who wrote it, but it's very much about this. It's about a girl who keeps running away and our, our Lord is waiting. He is, he's gentle with us. He's patient with us. He, and at one point, I think she even says in the song, like she wants to beat upon his chest and like, and scream and cry because she's just fighting whatever this reality is that she's experiencing. And he wants to be with us in all of it. And so I think this verse really captures the heart of how we can tap into this virtue or these trials, how we can release these trials into the Lord's hands and gain the virtue of perseverance. It's from Deuteronomy 30 verses 19 and 20. I have set before you life and death, the blessing and the curse. Choose life then that you and your descendants may live by loving the Lord, your God, obeying his voice and holding fast to him. For that will mean life for you a long life for you to live on the land which the Lord swore to your ancestors, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to give to them. I loved, I loved this verse. And for, for three things, it really, it gives three ways. This is how you choose life. You love the Lord your God, number one. Number two, you obey his voice. And number three, you hold fast to him. And that's one of the things it, it brought me back to, how do we do that? How do we love the Lord, our God? How do we obey his voice? 
we have to be listening to his voice. We love is an act of the will, you know, to love the Lord our God is to live in our baptismal promises, to uh, fulfill, you know, our our obligations like going to church, uh, going to mass on Sundays, all of those things. To love him is to choose him as much as we possibly can throughout the day. Um, to love him is to understand that we are not earning our love from him, that we are completely and totally loved exactly as we are, that we can bring to all of us to him and to obey his voice. It reminds me of what we do, the work that we do in the journal and mindset work in really tilling that soil. That is one of the things that I absolutely love about the journal is that it gives that, that opportunity to, um, there's a, a part where you list your gratitudes. You can list those gratitudes. You can renounce and repent of things, vices, and other ways that we are serving ourselves and not the Lord in our daily lives. It really puts a lot of space between those things and us. I know it can be challenging sometimes to go to confession, or at least, you know, it has been in my past, because I make those sins mean so much about me. But as we start to dig this soil up, as we start to work in the garden, allow the Lord to like really clear those weeds out of the way so that we can um, make more room for like the parable of the sower and make that soil of our heart such that the seeds are able to fall on the soil and take deep root because we have done the work, we have prepared ourselves. We have to want to change too. I mean, we have to just want it. We can't just like wish it to happen and then not put any thought or effort into it. We have to really want to make that change in our lives because it's, it's going to take work. And like I said earlier, there may be suffering, but it is in that, that God is present to us, that he builds that virtue in us, that he helps us to relinquish those vices, to renounce that self-reliance or the selfishness or the pride or the vanity or whatever other things are causing us difficulty. He, he gives very simple instructions. Love the Lord, obey his voice, and hold fast to him. He doesn't say, turn in this homework assignment on time, you know, never go extra to mass on this week or do all these extra things. He's, he's not asking for that. He's asking for our hearts. He's asking for us to love him. And that's the point of any of this is to be able to love him more, to serve him from a place of love for him and not just because, you know, we feel like we have to, or we want to earn his love. And so I just want to invite you to reflect on this scripture and what would that look like for you? How do you, how are you persevering? Maybe you need a reminder of how you can do hard things. Um, I mean, I've heard that phrase before. We don't use it a ton in our home. Um, I do talk to my, my younger two daughters about it because both of them tend to avoid things that are more difficult. Um, but we can do I don't know where my brain was going, actually. I completely lost that thought. But we can do hard things. We can love the Lord. We can choose to obey him. We can choose to listen to him. We can make choices in the moment. We can keep going back to confession when we fall, because we will fall, and our kids will fall. And 
I think that's been my favorite part is all the discussions about forgiveness with my kids because they're getting to see, you know, what it really looks like to fiercely pursue holiness in our lives because I want to be a saint and I want y'all to be saints and I don't want us to settle. I don't want us to settle for status quo when there is so much more for the Lord to do in the world through our light. St. Catherine of Siena says, be who the Lord meant you to be and you will set the world ablaze. And that is probably a paraphrase because I can't remember it exactly. So that is all I've got for you guys today on perseverance. I would love to hear your thoughts on what your experience has been in perseverance. Maybe you think that you do not persevere uh, and you actually have many, many times in your life. So uh, a couple of announcements, a couple of things I've got going on as a trained Catholic mindset coach, I have free, no obligation, 30 minute strategy calls. Uh, there is a link to them in the show notes. There is also a link in my Instagram bio at Janae Franco. If you are there, you can click on over to Instagram and find that link. You can sign up if you, oh, excuse me. <laughs> if you are just wanting to get unstuck, I would love to help you mirror back your mind, help you to, to sort of find what it is that's holding you back right now and get you moving in the right direction. And you guys also know that I have the group perfectionism, uh, the redeeming perfectionism group coaching on Thursdays at 12.30 p.m. Central. So if you would like to check it out, see what it's like, you are welcome to DM me for the link. I will send you the link for the call and you can pop in free on your first time just so you can go, go ahead and give it a look and uh, see what it's like to be coached through all of these different things in perfectionism. So I really appreciate you guys joining me today. If you like this podcast, share it with a friend. Um, follow me, subscribe here on YouTube. You can follow me on Instagram or Facebook. And I look forward to seeing you guys next week. God bless.